for your air candy with K&K. The music never sleeps. Get ready for your sugar high with coffee and candy. Candy, candy, candy. Yes, yes, yes. This is JC and Armando. Coffee and candy here with your weekly air candy. What's up, my friend? How are we doing tonight? I'm doing amazing. Oh, I'm feeling great. Just here recording another podcast with you. And today we're going to talk about prepping for the live set. Prepping for the live sets, yes. Because after all, Coffee and Candy does two things, right? We spend time in the studio producing tracks and flipping other songs, remixes together. But most importantly, we have that bonding time where we do our live sets. We perform at local clubs, lounges, venues, etc. And there's a lot of prep work that goes into that, at least from my perspective. Exactly. There's a lot of behind the scenes that people really don't understand. Listen, I think back to our early days and I was following in your footsteps, learning about uh, DJing to to live audiences. And, and you came at this from the perspective of a wedding DJ. And you are a master at sort of looking at the crowd, reading the crowd and playing exactly what it is that they want to hear. But now things are a little bit different, right? Instead of DJing a, a wedding when you, you know you're going to have different folks in the audience from different age groups, people who are fans of different types of music genres, uh, now you know that you're appearing as Coffee and Candy and we're only playing electronic music. So it's a little bit different, don't you think? Yeah, and I thought it would actually be easier, but I cannot get the wedding out of me. (laughs) It's funny because whenever we play, we either have like a great night where we're in sync and we uh, anticipate one another and everything goes smooth or then we have like a really choppy night perhaps because maybe one of us can't find our footing or perhaps both of us can't find it together and be in sync yeah but that's any relationship that's any partnership but this is why i believe i believe uh it's a good idea to show up to the venue with a select number of tracks we're not the hey uh, can we put in a request kind of djs i like to show up with a finite universe of songs that we're going to play and and live off those songs like carl cox said once in an interview that um anytime he shows up for a show you know he has a hundred records and he wants <laughs> he once made this foolish statement that if he couldn't play the set with those hundred records then he probably should go to sell fish and chips somewhere yeah you know yeah. you know reflecting on his english uh, heritage and and that whole concept of fish and chips which i thought was funny but i think there's a lot to be said there i think that if you look if you're an artist and you decide you're going to paint a painting and you have a thousand colors you're going to get lost in the colors and never actually project the best image on the canvas uh, I think the same goes with music. When we show up with a thumb drive and there's 5,000 tracks on there, we can get lost trying to figure out what to play next, not being able to remember the precise song or artist of the track that we want to play, and time is running out and you've got to get the next track on so that the audience that's listening, vibing, dancing, whatever, doesn't experience a, a moment of silence. But if you have fewer tracks and you've pre-selected them for the night, for the venue, it's in my view, everything goes much more smoothly and the collage that we paint with the songs is much more colorful, much more vibrant and much more in sync. Yeah, I agree. Something that I've I've never actually spoken out loud, but I'll state it now. I know is, where you're going with this. I know what's going to be said. Really? Go ahead, say okay. it. Okay. Like maybe you don't. I, I know what you're going to say. Maybe you don't. You're about to tell everyone... <laughs> 
about your uh, telepathic connection with music. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, eh, wrong. Okay. Wrong on that one. Okay. Matter of fact, like, where is the sound effect? <laughs> wrong on that one. <laughs> so, what I'm saying is that as time goes on, more and more songs come out. And for me, it actually gets more difficult to choose and select my set. When I started DJing 15, 20 years ago now, there was only so many songs out. So it was easy. It's either this, this, or this. Now, every day, there's another version, mix, remix. And I know we as remixes, we're part of that problem, right? But it's like, it's overwhelming sometimes to select and choose the songs that I would like to play for that particular, you know, two hours at a lounge or a club where if I'm doing a five, six hour private event, I have a lot more time to mix in a lot more variety uh, where you like to kind of have it down to a science and say, all right, we're going to start off with these and then we're going to build into this and then we're going to do a maybe more of an urban set. And then after the urban set, then we'll come back and do more of the kind of classic on um, like the EDM set. Right. I agree. Um, <clears throat> look, new songs are coming out all the time, but those new songs aren't necessarily getting traction. So, you know, you once told me that, you know, we've got to keep at the coffee and candy thing. We have to have weekly consistency with productions. We have to constantly be new and relevant and on people's radar because the tracks that we produce, as good as they might be, you once compared to a needle in a haystack. And, and while that's likely true, I'm starting to learn that now, it doesn't mean that all of these needles in the haystack are getting traction. In fact, my guess is, is that like two or three percent, if not less, is getting traction, getting airplay. People are listening to they're becoming songs that are sort of known in the household, kind of like the colloquial household phrase. Right. That's why people are flipping old tracks, the 80s tracks, the 70s. And now you're starting to see the 90s being reborn and, and um, reworked. Right. Keeping the music alive because there were tracks in those decades that got real traction that people are bringing back today and they still have the traction even with the new sound. But back to what you were saying a minute ago, I think to, you know, Phil Harris, right? He runs that digitaldjtips.com uh, yep. website. In some of his beginner courses, he's telling folks, don't spend all your time downloading new music. There's always gonna be new music. Learn the tracks that are in your library, master the tracks. If you don't have the tracks mastered, your mixes are just going to be blah. They're going to be intros and outros linking them together, which anybody can do. There's nothing special about that. And and, and Tony T, um, Baby T, right? Good friend of yours. Yeah, Baby T. He once pulled me aside and he said, hey, man, listen, work your music, work your music. You got to work your music at home. You got to spend time blending, figuring out which songs work best, which drops, which verses, which builds. And he's right. When you have too many tracks, you never get to work your music. When you have too many tracks, you never get to learn the music. Therefore, the mixing that comes along with that style of you know showing up with the library, you're never going to be able to find the, the classics that you really want to pull up. Yeah. I'm just a sound whore. I'm a sound junkie. Can't get enough of it. Give me more, give me more, give me more. I want it all. <laughs> That's... Yeah, I mean, listen, volume and quality, these are, these are often, you know, competitors. 
Yeah. But I am beginning to come up with a formula that is helping me get to that. Where I'm not just like, I have a two terabyte hard drive with over 600,000 songs and I'm scanning through. I've got it to where I have a USB stick with about 64 gigs on it. Um, and I got me about 10 folders. Listen, just like you can look at me and say, uh, I've grown a lot in the last year. I sort of feel like you have too. With all your musical knowledge and experiences, you have really evolved over the last year. And I don't know if that's because of me, you know, poking, prodding and kicking you, or if it's just come naturally or a combination of the two. But back to what you were saying, talk about coffee and candy for a second. You and I don't have a specific subgenre within electronic dance music. No one's going to say, oh, those are the tech house guys. Those are the melodic house guys. Or they, those are the techno guys. That's not happening because we really dip into it all, right? In one minute, we could be playing, you know, a Tiesto commercial track. And then and the next, we could switch over to, to Fisher and it could be tech house and and, and vice versa, and, and, and go into other genres. Mm-hmm. I think the key for us is to, to build sets that have a series of songs within subgenres that work well. And that's what we've done. We've got our Tech House set, we've got our 80s remix set, our 90s remix set, our classic rock set, we're working on our hip-hop set, we've got our melodic house set, our deep house set. And what we do, and I think we do it really well and differently than a lot of our is a local competitors, is that we piece it together right so that it is, makes lasting impressions on the audience. Yeah, like well said. Um, it, it's an art, it's a skill. And like anything else, the time you put into it, that's the results you get. So if you just kind of dick around and not really putting the time into it, your results are not going to be anything of, of, a, of a wow factor to that audience that you're playing. I remember when uh, we were at Layali's, which is our local Thursday night residency here in Providence, Rhode Island, where we are. Thanks to our friends, Philippe and Nathan. Yeah. And there was this lady at the bar and she kept kind of looking back. And after maybe about a good hour, she came up to us and just started small talk. And hey, you guys play hair often. I like your sound. It's not something I've heard before. Uh, she then went on to said that she's a manager of another venue nearby and was interested in having us perform at that venue because of what she heard uh she had said that it was just different in a way where in herds were her words were it sounded like you put a lot of time into this set that all comes down to the preparation the constant downloading and the curating of the many songs out there and figuring out how to group those songs that work better and and i think that we do that very well and, and, and thank you to people like Phil Harris that, that taught me learn the tracks. And thank you to Baby T who pushed me to work the music. And by the way, as busy as my life is, I'm not learning the tracks as well as I can be. And I'm not working the music as well as I should be. But it's something that, that you know, requires a level of commitment and concentration. And, and we just got to keep getting better. Yeah. For about 15 years of me DJing, I only actually touched my equipment when I DJed. When I didn't have a gig, the equipment stayed in the cases, never was turned on. There was never even a thought to turn it on. 
because I was always a performer that entertained a crowd. So to other DJs, it'd be like, oh, what do you mean? I practice on my stuff all the time. But some DJs actually do kind of struggle with practicing without people in front of them to entertain. Totally. And, and what you just mentioned has a sort of a broader theme here. You were going to the venue to perform in order to entertain the crowd. In yeah. other words, you as the performer were going to see the crowd and then you were making adjustments and selections on your equipment in order to please them. Where coffee and candy is different. Coffee and candy goes to the venue to perform and the fans that like our vibe and our music are coming to see us. And I think that that's a big difference between the DJ slash producer of the modern day and the DJ slash producer of the days of old. Let me give you an example. I've recently been having some conversations with different folks, uh, Tony Despirito, uh, Alex Tommaso, other people in the community about bringing the nightlife back to Providence. That would be amazing. There's not a lot of nightlife here. But what I've observed from these folks and what I've, not not from them, what I've observed generally uh, of the nightlife industry is that it's changed over the years. When I was growing up, you know, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, the dating scene was in the bars. It was in the nightclubs. Mm-hmm. So single folks tended to go out a lot uh, Wednesday nights. They would have specials. Thursday night was college night. Yep. Friday night was everybody out night. Mm-hmm. Saturday night was a big night. Sundays they would have gay night or specials. Again, okay. to generate populations of people coming out. And a lot of nightclubs had resident DJs that played either certain night of the week or multiple nights of the week. Mm -hmm. And those DJs were catering to the crowds. So as long as the music was being played and the crowd was happy, the venue would get full, people would buy drinks, and it was a lively environment and a profitable business. Nowadays, things are different. The dating life is online and through these mobile apps for the most part. And it seems to me that people are not going out and filling nightclubs and dance venues and dance halls on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. They might go out one night a week, but most of the time, folks are now going to the nightclub as a destination to see a known artist. For example, next Friday, we're going to go to Boston to the Royale, where we've been many times, and we're going to see James Hype. That place is going to be sold out because James Hype is in town. If James Hype was not there... For all we know, the place might be empty. Mm -hmm. And I think that speaks to the evolution in the nightlife environment. Now, listen, if you go to a party destination city, maybe I shouldn't say these places, but like Vegas or Miami or Ibiza in the summer, even those places are going to have sort of the, the, the top level artist DJs coming in and out on the weekends. But let's suppose it's an off night. And and they do happen, right? Thursday night or Wednesday night, the clubs might still be open. They'll still be full of people just because it's a destination party city. But an average city like Boston, Providence, maybe even New York, if there's not a well-known DJ in the house, I think oftentimes these venues are empty. And I think that speaks a lot to the fact that nowadays people are going out to see the artist more so than the artist is showing up to the venue to entertain the crowd yeah and uh 
We are on the northeast coast of the United States of America. If you're somewhere that is abroad or maybe you're on the west coast or down south, uh, if you're a DJ and you see things maybe a little different in your surrounding areas, hit us up and let us know. Like we love to know kind of what's what's working, what's in in different parts of the globe. Uh, like you can reach us on our Instagram at Coffee and Candy, or you can send us an email, info at coffeeandcandy.com. We'd love to hear from other DJs and their perspective on what they witness and what they've seen in their local scene of nightlife, right? Absolutely. And not just the DJs, but the managers, the promoters, and the owners of venues. You know, you and I have always talked about if given the opportunity, would we travel to another city to perform? Would we go abroad to another country to perform? And I think that the two of us are very open to the idea of doing that. It will broaden our horizons. It will give us a chance to perhaps visit a place we haven't visited before. But more importantly, it would give us an opportunity to showcase the coffee and candy style and vibes, to showcase the coffee and candy music to new audiences in order to grow our fan base. And and if there are any promoters, club owners, uh, or venue managers out there that are interested in speaking to us about that, all they have to do is hit us up on the socials or on the email on our website, and we can explore those possibilities. Yeah. Bags up packed. I got my passport ready to go. And I believe that our music, our sound, our style, I think would resonate very well in Europe. You've always said that. And I know that the electronic music culture is much larger and more popular in Europe than it is here in the United States. When we have this talk, you've always indicated or emphasized that the U.S. primary genre of music is really hip-hop or R&B, and I think that's very true in modern day, whereas abroad, it's electronic music. And you see a lot of the artists coming from abroad, right? Holland, right there right there in Holland. Who they, do you have? They got all the big ones. Armin van Buren, Afrojack. Um, who else? Spot Martin here. Garrix. He's from Holland as well. Tiesto. Right there. Right there. Yeah. You have four iconics yeah. right in one country. Oh, um, there's even more. Uh, Hardwell. And, and the list goes on, really. Medusa's from Italy. I mean, there's guys coming out of Brazil now. You have A-Lock, Vintage Culture. So many people. That's South America, obviously. But so many people coming from abroad. James and, Hype is from the UK, right? That's right. And who do we have in the US? Cascade comes to mind, right? Mm-hmm. He's originally from Utah, lives out on the West Coast now. Um, who else do we have in the U.S.? We obviously have Diplo and a lot of other mid-level artists. But Timmy Trumpet's from Australia, in case anybody wants to know. Fisher's from Australia, in case anyone wants to know. There really aren't a lot of iconic electronic music artists here in the U.S. So to that extent, to the, to, to the extent the opportunities make themselves available for us to travel abroad and join another culture's electronic dance community as visiting artists, I welcome the opportunity. Yeah, yeah like I look forward to it. Um, like I've always said that our sound is an international sound. I stand by that. Uh, just like in general, as a songwriter, as a producer, people have always told me that, you know, like, like your sound is, is an international sound. It's a, it's a bigger sound than just kind of here in the USA. I said, well, I appreciate that. Um, and hopefully other people hear that as well. 
The challenge is getting the sound out there. You know, we're posting on these pools every week so that other DJs can see what we have to offer and hopefully play our music to other audiences. And I know we've seen it happen based on some of the instant messages and online communications that we've received from others. Um, We're obviously doing this podcast. We're putting our music up where we can on platforms like Spotify, Apple Music, etc. SoundCloud. All of our original YouTube. tracks yep. are available on Sound uh, SoundCloud and YouTube. We try to put a portion of a weekly live set on SoundCloud each and every week. So I think we're doing everything we can to showcase in the manners we know how our music to others. It's just a matter of time for, for things to continue to snowball and grow over time. Yeah. And we do appreciate all the support from the other DJs that are local and abroad that play our stuff. Uh, from time to time, I get an inbox message from people that I don't know uh, that are fans, like they're DJs, just like us. And they say, hey, man, I really like your coffee and candy mixes. I play them in my sets with I'm out in the club in my local scene. I really appreciate that. Thank you for supporting us. Because as I said before, so much stuff comes out every day, every week. People have unlimited amount of choices. So the fact that you choose a coffee and candy edit or an original to put into your set where you have a certain amount of time and you choose one of our songs. Hey, thank you very much. We appreciate that. Speaking of support from locals, um, I remember last year when we just started this together and I had a chance to DJ uh, at the Providence Pride Weekend. And for the first time, I really interacted uh, with Oshin from Providence, yep. uh, with Kevin uh, or Dupe. DJ, yep, DJ Duke from East Providence. And soon after, um, I got to meet uh, Jason Saint, uh, Tony Despirito. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of good guys and, over and here. There are more. I'm, I'm just trying to think of others. Uh, Derek the Prince. Yep. And I was really touched by how welcoming they all were to me being sort of the new kid on the block the new guy that was sort of entering the dj community it's not like i spent years coming up and growing a reputation you know thanks to you and your support one day i sort of just came on scene as coffee and candy and it was really touching to see how open and welcoming the community of other DJs were. Uh, folks embraced me right away, were happy to play back-to-back sets with me, were inviting me to join them and playing different shows and vice versa. And, and so far, it's just been a great experience. And I'm super excited because this year, the Providence Pride Weekend is going to be uh, even larger and we're trying to put together a lineup of DJs. Oh, yeah. let's not forget Von Doom. He's been very supportive of us. He's from New Bedford, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. They call him the Prince of Tech House. He's DJed a number of times to come out and see us. He's great. He was actually in the studio this afternoon, like working on a set, like a Tech House set. And uh, I was very impressed with the song selections that he was pulling up. I did not have not one of them. And I'm like, shit, I got to get this. Shit, I got to get this. Shit, I gotta, this is good. Uh, so, yes, like Von Doom, shout out to you, my man, Mike. Great. What else? Let's circle back around and like kind of tie into the sets. Uh, we got a few minutes left on this episode. So how do you personally like to prep for your set? Is it first and foremost, where are we playing? No. 
I don't consider the venue that we're playing at unless we're at a, a place like Tel Aviv where we have a marathon set and we're going to be there for four or five or six hours. Because then at that point, there's no such thing as a set. We just have to keep the music going. The vibe. Yeah, the vibe is a good way. But other than that, I do not consider, unless it's a super long gig like, like that, I do not consider... Uh, the venue. I consider that I've been asked to show up and play and Coffee and Candy has a product to deliver and that product's going to be the same regardless where we are. In fact, Tel Aviv is really no different. It's just a, a super duper extension of what we otherwise might do in a two-hour setting in, in another location. But what I like to do, like you, is I check the pools each week to see what's new and what's coming out. I don't download everything. I only download the things that I like. Because if it goes well with my ear, I'm going to be able to work it into the set in a way that I hope the audience will like. And then I have a core set of a, a core file. It's probably got about 300, 400 songs and it needs to be updated. I could remove a few things, put a few new things in sure. there. But I'm planning to restructure it. As we get into the summer, we're going to be busy. I'm going to restructure my main folder um, where I only have what I think are like the hottest of the hot in the subgenres that I know that I'm going to deliver. And if something comes up, like say Pride Weekend, and I'm going to play on the main stage uh, before the headlining acts, and I don't want to announce that right now, and I'm only going to have 60 or 75 minutes, I'll really prep and shorten that down. If it's going to be a rooftop gig, or if, if you and I have worked out the timing at Tel Aviv or at Leali, and I've got a couple of hours, then I'll extend it a little bit. But I like to... I like to show up with a game plan. I do not like the random song selection. It, it actually makes me miserable. Like, I don't want to be there. I want to yeah. go home. It, it, just, it becomes more work than anything else and very frustrating. The timing is never right. The song choice is never right. And uh, I always I always kind of leave the venue miserable. If, I, you, if you haven't realized. I have. I have. <laughs> I, I don't take it personal. Everyone's different. We all have kind of our own little quirks to us. I'm very OCD in certain ways, too. So I get it. Speaking. I respect it. And I just keep the show running for us. Listen, That's all. I have to I have to talk about <laughs> Say your OCD. It. Say it. I love when we are on this random selection oh, shit. and I can't find the next track. Right. <laughs> and all of a sudden. 30 seconds. 20 seconds. 15 seconds my heart's racing i know i know and you're looking at me i can see your blood boiling the sweat is beating up on your forehead but i always get the track and i always get it in there at the right time somehow <laughs> and the audience doesn't even know you know we got the eight bar loop going on down to, to eight seconds right they have no clue what's going on sometimes um but the music never stops the music never dies we always make it happen no doubt about it. And that's coffee and candy. Speaking of which, we've been at it here for about 30 minutes. Shall we get to a set? Let's get to it. we got some new tunes to work in. Brand new tunes from coffee and candy. They're going to be played this summer a lot, a lot, a lot. Thank you for your support. If you ever want to get in contact with us, once again, follow us on our Instagram, coffee and candy, or hit us up info at coffeeandcandy.com. Let's do it. Get ready for your sugar high with coffee and candy.
hands if the rhythm's right I hope this feeling never ends tonight Only when I'm dancing can I feel this free At night I lock the doors with no one else can see I'm tired of dancing here all by myself Tonight I wanna dance with someone else I wanna dance, I wanna dance
the fading light Hearts collide Shadows dance in the distance Something just ain't right I'm cold inside Help me find what I'm missing We're all scared to fly Still we try Learn to be brave See the other side Won't you lead me there Have no fear Close your eyes Find paradise Oh my 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 There's a thousand miles Between you and I Oh my 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 Just a thousand miles Between me
tuned in with Coffee and Candy.